No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome into another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. I'm your host, Sam. You can follow me on Twitter at Titans Matter. Uh, joined with me is our other host, Tom. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff to, to go over after week two. At, by this point, uh, everybody knows it was a brutal week um, for losses. But speaking of losses, we got some final words from um, our uh, one of our uh, good friends of the show, Meat Paws. He was eliminated from our Rise of the Twin Cities 22-man guillotine league. Um, so his final words are, my team had 19.7 points, 27 individual players scored more than that. Don't be like my team. Although short-lived, I enjoyed being a part of this league and I'm honored to help contribute to a great cause. I wish everyone the best of luck for the rest of the season. So uh, best of luck next year, Meat Paws. Uh, I know you've got a couple of competitive teams in some other dynasty leagues, so it's uh, not not the final words for us, but the final words for that league. Yeah, it was it was great having having Meat Paws in this league. I know he'll be back again next year. Uh, looking at the draft, so he took Saquon Barkley at the 108, which I thought was great value, and then uh, all the quarterbacks were getting taken off the board. So Drew Locke was his QB one. So the two of them were injured. Allen Robinson had an off week. David Johnson, tough week against the Baltimore Ravens. Michael Gallup uh, did not break out yet. And Jerry Judy had another case of the drop. So um, it, each, each week I want to try to take something away that we can use to um, increase our chances of winning in a guillotine league in the future. And I think much like week one, Week two, um, it just all came down to bad luck and just just injuries. So when you when you lose your your first and second round players in a twenty uh, two man guillotine league um, before the the first half is complete, it's going to be near impossible to win. So um, I don't think he, he drafted a bad team um, by by any means, but I think it was just a, a case of bad luck. A- anything, uh, any closing thoughts that you had from from a meat pause team? No, um, it, I I will say. I've considered potentially we'll see kind of what uh, things are looking like at the middle of the season, but it might be fun to do because we've got a couple of these guillotine leagues. So maybe do an invite for like a, a final chance guillotine league that might go from like week nine to week 16. Um, so it might just be like an eight man league, um, but then that way you get in on the, the guillotine experience a little bit more. Um, so if we do that, that'll be in season and we'll figure out which organization we want to sponsor first. Uh, but what do you got planned for tonight? Um, so for tonight's show, we're going to be talking about a top 10 receiver in Dynasty that you should be trying to acquire. Uh, what to make of the Rams backfield using your tight ends matter metrics to identify a free agent tight end or tight ends that we should be targeting for our Dynasty benches. And uh, we just went over the, the guillotine league. Um, so like you said, there, there's a lot of injuries this past week, which means if you're looking for advice on what to do, if you are the Saquon or Christian McCaffrey owner, you can literally go to any other fantasy football podcast. And that's all that they're talking about right now. So we're just going <laughs> to talk about some, something else. Uh, try to try to switch it up a little bit. But uh, last week, the couple of things that I, I told you to do was to, to uh, trade Will Fuller, start Naheem Hines, by Michael Gallup, by Joshua Kelly, and Ed Dalton Schultz. So 
Um, I want to apologize to the Will Fuller owners out there if I'm the reason why he got hurt this week. But seriously, we all knew this injury was coming. Obviously, I, I've been very clear about my hate for owning Will Fuller. I like him as a player. I'm sure he's a, a great guy as a person. Uh, but as somebody who's, who's a little more forgiving than me, uh, Sam, what would you say Will Fuller's uh, value is worth in Dynasty? Would you be giving up a future first, uh, second, or, or third form? Or uh, is this a good time to buy a low, or are you just hands off? Yeah, I mean, it, it's with Will Fuller, it's always, what have you done recently? Did you catch a couple of touchdowns, or did you get hurt? So right now, uh, it wouldn't be anything more than a third. If you get that four-touchdown game out of Fuller again, yeah, go out, try to package him with a second to upgrade to a first. But right now, it, it can't be anything more than a third. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm feeling about the, the same amount of love as you are. And in uh, in redraft, it, are you keeping him on your bench, or are you trying to trade him away, or what's your, your strategy there? Yeah, just, just cut him preferably before waivers, so maybe somebody else spends fab. But you're, you're, you're never going to play him on the same week. Or on yeah. the on the right week, he's he's one of those landmine players too. So if you if you have him on your team, just go ahead and drop him because somebody else will pick him up, and then that owner has to deal with the decision of um, deciding to either play him or to sit him. And you're going to want to see him play um, healthy for a week or two before you play him, and then he's most likely going to get injured again. So like I said at injurypredictor.com, it was a 99% chance he was going to get hurt. Um, he didn't even make it through through two weeks, so um, I, I get I get a lot of things wrong. We'll, we'll talk about a player that I was wrong about um, later on in the show, but this one felt like a pretty pretty easy layup. And um, yeah, any 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 Will, Will Fuller um, fans out there, I, I apologize. But uh, my next piece of advice that I gave you guys could be a little more questionable, but I still believe in uh, Naheem Hines' talent. The game plan for the Colts was to get a lead against the Vikings and then to run the clock out with Jonathan Taylor. As someone who suffered through watching the entire game, the Vikings did absolutely nothing to challenge that plan. I still think the Colts will be down in some games this season, and that's when Hines' number will be called, especially after the injury to Paris Campbell, who was supposed to be um, a breakout player, their uh, their main slot receiver with T.Y. Hilton, Hilton aging a little bit. Um, I still think Hines is serviceable in PPR formats. So I'm still all in on Hines. I think if uh, he's probably not out on your um, in the free agency, and you probably had to spend around uh, fifty dollars fab to pick him up if if he was last week. But I think you can still trade trade a second for him. I still think he's going to be valuable in um, in, in the Colts uh, offense this year. So any any thoughts on on Hines moving forward? Yeah, he, uh, we've got a lot of the comparisons of Hines to Eckler with Rivers being the quarterback and. I'll just remind you, even last season with how great Eckler was, there were just some games where um, it, it kind of felt like he disappeared. So uh, looking at his game logs last year, uh, week six, we saw him just put up about four points, week eight, nine points. Uh, and then he was in the lower double digits in a couple of other games too, even with um, with a handful of targets, four, four or five um, catches. So uh, there's definitely going to be games like this for Hines. I don't think anybody could have predicted the – Vikings getting blown out like that. Uh, but I still think Hines is a fine flex play, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah. Yeah, especially in, in PPR where he only needs about 40, 50 yards uh, of uh, combined yards from scrimmage and then just get four or five receptions and you're looking at uh, at 10 easy points. So I, uh, I'm not I'm not giving up on, on Hines yet. I think he's still still worth a buy. 
Uh, just a quick note on, on Michael Gallup. I believe the door is still open to go out and buy this proven wide receiver in Dynasty. Um, he yet again came down with a huge crucial catch in the fourth quarter, but the stat line doesn't reflect his contribution. With 40 points scored by the Cowboys this past Sunday, somehow the wide receivers combined for a, a uh, total of zero touchdowns. Um, so I still believe in, in Gallup's talent. I think if, if you can go out and, and purchase him, that there, he's he's got a blow-up game coming pretty soon right now. So if you got if you got Will Fuller, you can somehow package him with a third and go get Michael Gallup in Dynasty, go do it. Um, the uh, two more players I just wanted to highlight that we talked about in the last show. Um, Joshua Kelly had more rushing attempts than Austin Eckler and is currently ranked as the RB20 in full-point PPR. So if you need a running back after all the injuries that happened in week two, I know a lot of my dynasty teams personally got crushed, but this, this show isn't here for me to cry about my team. So I'll, I'll move on with the show, uh, but go, go get Kelly for a second. If you still can, you might have to pay up. Uh, I don't know if you, if you saw this in the show sheet, but that, that, uh, that dynasty chat group that you invited me in the, the sleeper app, that it's a, it's a pretty wild group where if, if you go in, into that group at any point during the day, you can see people, that are debating about players. And um, the last time I checked, there were some people talking about giving up a 2023 um, first round pick for Joshua Kelly, which um, that, that you'd have, you'd be sitting on that first round pick for a while. But I mean, those you, you and me are somebody who probably overvalue picks. Um, what do you, what do you think about Joshua Kelly for a, a far future first? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, I was also invited into this, uh, dynasty chat that's going on on sleeper so if if anybody's looking for any free entertainment just uh let tom ryan know and we can get you invited to that group there's some uh pretty heated debates it's it's uh pretty entertaining uh but yeah a, a first for Josh kelly is just way too much let alone 2023 you don't want to um blow up anything that far in advance you, you never know um what your team might look like at that point but we have to remember, too, I've got Joshua Kelly on a handful of leagues, but we got to remember Justin Jackson. They had plans for Justin Jackson, and he's banged up right now. But in the offseason, the coaching staff was talking about Justin Jackson is going to have a compliment role to Eckler. Now, now he got banged up, and Joshua Kelly, uh, he, he's looked really great. But that made not bringing Melvin Gordon back to the team that much easier having another guy like Joshua Kelly that they trusted or uh, sorry, Justin Jackson. So I, I think right now we're looking at uh, Joshua Kelly's ceiling. I think his best game would be a touchdown and maybe 60 to 80 yards. But once Justin Jackson is back, um, I think, I think Kelly might be the goal line back, which is great. Um, but this is an offense that might not be on the goal line a lot. And I think his uh, carries are probably going to get cut in half. Well, he does have a juicy matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals that, that just got ran all over by uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I think I think this would be a great week to play him. But you bring up a good point. This is an offense that is clearly dedicated to the run game, even um, when it looked like they're, uh, they were down. Um, so I think I think all three of these running backs can, can be productive. Obviously, when Justin Jackson's involved, that's going to bring down their ceiling. But uh, I, right now, I think I think it's it's fair to top for a second for for Joshua Kelly. But I just thought that that was interesting that there's some people that that maybe they're thinking he's he's the next uh, diamond in the rough like Austin Eckler that he'll turn into a, a top ten running back someday. So I think that's a little premature right now. But he was one of our favorite 
players that we were scouting and, and we were grabbing in, in the, the third round of, um, of dynasty league. So I was happy to see a guy like him pop. Whereas there's uh, some players like Lynn Bowden, where it looks like their, uh, their career might, uh, uh, never get on track. Well, you, you all, you might need to check your schedule too. I, um, it, Joshua Kelly opened up against the Bengals, so I don't think they're playing them again here week three. Um, but I think he's still somebody that you could consider playing. Yeah, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but I, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, pro- you're probably right that they're not play- playing the Bengals again um, this, this soon. But I, I think I think I was peeking ahead. Maybe I, maybe I got some of the schedules wrong. but They're, they're uh, playing Carolina, so I think okay. you can still feel good about playing okay. against the that's- Panthers. I think that's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty comfortable uh, defense. It, it was a defense that gave up three touchdowns to to Josh Jacobs. So I think the 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 other Josh will will have a good uh, good solid out in against them. So the uh, the the last player that I just wanted to um, talk about that we um, said you should go go get in dynasty was Dalton Schultz. The second year tight end was way more productive than I could have guessed. In the game against the Falcons this past Sunday, he accounted for 10 targets, nine receptions, 88 yards, one fumble, and one touchdown. So in half-point PPR, he had a total of 17.3 points. Obviously, you don't like to see the fumble, but getting double-digit targets in a high-powered offense and getting that touchdown, I was very glad that I scooped him up in a lot of dynasty leagues. Um, so with uh, your tight ends model, um, what does what your, your model think of Dalton Schultz long-term? Yeah, well, I think you were pointing out, I had the team breakdown, and you, you got to help me out. I haven't been on the site recently. I've had my hands full, but uh, were the Bengals, were they a Tier 2 team? Well, I think we're, we're looking for the uh, the Cowboys at this point. Oh, yeah. Yep. Talking about Dalton I saw, Schultz. I saw Dalton, and I was thinking Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's with the with the Cowboys, too, so I, I got I got no excuse. Yeah, we're, we're a little off our, our game tonight, but we'll uh, we'll clean it up here. Looks like Dallas is a tier five um, team for for your uh, your model. Yeah, so not not too exciting uh, by any means. So um, tight end premium, I have some fab bids out there for him. Uh, Long term, I still think that Dak has never relied on the tight end position, and he's he's going to try to get Gallup involved. And I do think his three rushing touchdown game, uh, that just forces the defense to respect his legs uh, once they're inside the five. And I think that they've got a smart enough play caller that they'll be able to get some easy stuff uh, for the wide receivers. So I personally, I'm not very high on Schultz. I think he's one of those um, tight end traps where you see him have a big game and uh, you go spend your fab and then and then nothing really happens after that. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, respectfully disagree. I think Dalton Schultz is going to be great. Do, do you think he can finish the year as a at least a, a top 16 tight end? Uh, you, give me give me another week to see. But uh, as of now, I'd say no, just based on that tier that he's in uh, and just factoring in that Dax never really relied on a tight end. And in that offense, uh, by no means is he going to need to rely on a tight end. So I'd I'd mark him down good for maybe five targets a game uh, but even that might be generous if they get it big and they run with Zeke and if they get into a shootout I think they're just gonna uh, target their their three wide receiver ones that they've got on that that roster well after uh, seeing Jason Wooden have have a couple of nice games last year I think I'm 
I uh, I might be a little bit biased, but I, I think Dalton Schultz can 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 be be good. So if uh, if if you can still go get him out in your uh, free agency pool, I say go go get him. I don't think it's. I agree with you. I think it might be a little too early to to be trading for him if somebody picked him up last week. But uh, but maybe maybe a week later we'll we'll check in and see see how you're, you're feeling about uh, Dalton Schultz. So uh, the next player we want to talk about. There's a uh, a wide receiver out there that that you thought was getting a lot of uh, disrespect. I saw you have a couple of uh, friendly debates on on the sleeper app with some people that, that thought that this guy might uh, finish outside top twenty. But um, in your eyes, he, he's uh, he's top ten. You want to go ahead and talk about this guy? Yeah. Well, and so we're talking Stefan Diggs and and some of those friendly debates. I, I wasn't saying top ten. I was saying top five. Um, and as of now, in both uh, standard and PPR, he's the wide receiver number four. So I, we just got to get used to Stefan Diggs. I know it's only week two. Uh, this is not an overreaction. So he, he came into the league, or he came to Buffalo to get those double-digit targets. And at least half of them are going to be down the field. Uh, week one, eight of nine for 86. Week two, eight of 13 for 153 and a touchdown. Uh, he's Josh Allen's first read. And even when Diggs is triple or uh, double covered, and if Josh Allen throws an inaccurate ball, Diggs is still the most talented guy who's going to come down with it. So I saw a couple of plays like that this weekend. Um, but he's he's one. I think right now if, you, if you've got um, – we're talking about the Dallas wide receivers. If you've got Cooper, if you want to uh, trade Cooper for Diggs, I think that might that might be something that pays off for you long-term. Um, especially with Cooper maybe not being in Dallas long-term. But I, I think Diggs is going to be the one in Buffalo. And regardless of game script, um, we've seen when they're up or even when they're in a in a shootout, um, I think we've kind of seen what his floor games look like with those nine targets. And I don't think 13 targets is his ceiling. I think we're going to see some 15, 16, or 17 target games. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, this, this is a player I'll definitely agree with you on. I, I saw Diggs uh, slip into the eighth or ninth round of a dynasty startup, and the, the two things that you always want to talk about is talent and opportunity. Clearly, he's talented enough to get it done, and the opportunity that he has there, he's getting hyper-targeted, and these targets aren't just uh, little slant routes. Like He's getting two to three deep shots per game, so um, we all love uh, the upside of Tyreek Hill and Diggs definitely isn't as as fast as Hill but um, getting get that opportunity to, to kind of do it all um, in between the 20s in the red zone yeah I think I think Diggs definitely has the opportunity to finish as the top top 10 wide receiver this year yeah well and if you go back and listen to any of our shows I'm not going to bore you with uh, Darrell Henderson's amazing stats uh, but if you just go jump on YouTube and look up some of the Rams uh, Philly matchup this last weekend, Darrell Henderson, he has a, an entirely higher speed than the defenders do. Uh, we saw it on a couple of carries and he almost had two receiving touchdowns. So he had one reception that got him down to the three and then the Rams let him come back in and finish it off and get that three yard rushing touchdown. Uh, but there's a, a simple uh, pass play, I think right at the end of the first half, where I think Henderson just hit a speed um, that Goff just wasn't used to. And <laughs> Henderson basically uh, kind of outran 
the velocity of what Goff was throwing. So it, it didn't turn into uh, interception or anything. It was, it was just incomplete. Uh, but I think Henderson's going to turn into what McVay originally saw being that uh, Chris Thompson type role. But right now he's the only healthy running back in that RBBC. So Akers is dealing with a rib issue and Malcolm Brown, I think a finger or something. Um, but both, both issues um, for running backs that take a pounding on every single play, whether they're pass blocking or if they're running the ball or going out to uh, catch a pass. So I think if uh, the Henderson guy now, if that guy in your league, he probably saw this uh, 80 yard and touchdown game. So you probably can't just go out and uh, send him a cheap offer. But if, if you're in trade talks, maybe try to package him in and convince, convince him that it's a RBBC. But I think we're going to see him be a pretty reliable flex play. And he might kind of go into that RB20-ish range if, uh, if he's not competing with anybody in uh, that backfield. Yeah, when, uh, when Sean McVay said that he wants this to uh, turn into a Kyle Shanahan uh, running back by committee, offense he he really wanted to mirror the 49ers we didn't really know what he meant by that but i guess he meant he wanted to have a three or four headed monster where multiple running backs were, were injured each week so right now it's definitely looking like uh Darrell henderson is is the guy to own with acres and, and malcolm brown both banged up after after two weeks so going out and yeah projecting him for for top 20 is definitely um a possibility for for henderson yeah but so we, we always talk about buying or selling with these different players and every league is going to be different. But um, if you're playing in multiple leagues, you might be owing to in some of those. So just just a friendly reminder not to panic. So the seasons are pretty long. You can usually get into the playoffs at with like a seven and six record. So we don't have to talk much about the garbage trade offers that you'll get for McCaffrey with him dealing with that high ankle sprain. I, I'd simply recommend just don't trade him. Um, but if, if you do don't look at the value any differently than, than what he was a couple of weeks ago. I think right before the season kicked off, I traded CMC for Dalvin cook and Travis Kelsey. Uh, and that was a little bit of an overpay by the other guy, but that's, that's kind of about where I'd, I'd have him. So I'd, I'd want either a QB one or a tight end one uh, packaged with another top 10 running back. So if you're not getting a top 10 running back, with a, another high valuable piece don't don't even listen to the offers i know i know you've got cmc in one or two leagues tom is that kind of how you're treating them yeah yeah i've got uh unfortunately i i am the uh saquon and cmc owner so it was it was a painful sunday but i know i'm far from the only person experiencing that so i want to uh, wallow in front of you guys too much but but yeah it, it the i would say the thing that's more frustrating than the actual injury is getting the, uh, the 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 bad offers the next day it's kind of kind of like falling and somebody's uh, already kicking you when you're down so it, I I definitely still value Christian McCaffrey as the RB one um, especially in dynasty and I think in in redraft as well too if you're just able to go get a uh, an RB two to kind of help make up the difference and if you can you can win half those games and uh, and then still make the playoffs then uh, we also Saquon come back from that. Um, high ankle sprain and be highly effective uh, weeks 14 through 16. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's funny. You, you just kind of uh, pulled this out of thin air. It's not on the show sheet at all, but I, I was thinking the exact same thing. If, if you have Christian McCaffrey, you can't value him any different. Um, if you've got, got Saquon and you're going all in for the season, 
then I think you you might have to uh, sell a little bit low. But right now, um, and we, we didn't even talk about the, the Michael Thomas injury. So, sorry, I know we said we wouldn't talk about injuries on the show quick, but, but Michael <laughs> Thomas is still the wide receiver one. Christian McCaffrey is still the RB1. So just, just treat him. And to, to all you people out there sending garbage offers, um, I, don't, I, I don't think uh, – you're going to be um, pulling off this this amazing trade that, that you think you're going to. So just uh, stop wasting everybody's time. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of not garbage, um, do, do you know who currently sits inside the uh, top three tight ends as we were talking tight ends earlier? Uh, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I think they may have both gone down a little bit. I'm not looking at the top three, so that I might not have worried it the best way. But in standard scoring, um, Johnny Smith. Smith. Yep, Johnny at number one, and then uh, number three in PPR. So, do you think that's kind of what we can expect, especially as long as AJ Brown is out of the mix? With AJ Brown out, yes, I think he he'll definitely have more more volume. Um, I think he's still more of a high end. Um, tight end two, so I, I, I guess um, that would be probably finish around tight end eleven or twelve by by the end of the season. Uh, but it, as a as a Johnny Smith believer, uh, which I know you are, I'm I'm, I'm very happy to see one of, one of your guys uh, pop off this past weekend. Yeah, I was I was just excited. He's uh, one of those guys that we've we've been waiting for years. I, I believe this is his uh, fourth season, so. Now, back-to-back games, we get to see him catch a touchdown. Um, caught two this last game, it, especially after he had, like, I don't know, a 60- or 70-yard reception, but he didn't finish with the touchdown. But then a couple of plays later, he, he got that receiving touchdown. So I think he's somebody, too, that uh, at this point, the buying window, it's probably uh, starting to shut. But I, he, he's still so young. He's, he's one of those tight ends that the way he plays, he could be productive for a long time. So in Dynasty, uh, I know I traded – you a second round pick in a, a 12 man league for Janu. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you can get away with a second now, but maybe a second and a third, if that's a guy that's got another tight end on the roster, but he, he might end up being one of those um, safe tight ends for years to come. Well, and in the, uh, the first Monday night football game, or I should say the second, because it was the late game in, in week one, his first reception on the, uh, um, the, the Titans first drive when he caught the ball and went, went upfield so fast that the, the commentator said, uh, AJ Brown with the reception. And then after he got tackled, he said, Oh wait, no, that's, uh, that's their, their tight end. So when, when he's out there, he looks like a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have uh, Delaney Walker competing for targets. So, uh, it's probably a little bit of late news to tell people that they should go get him, but I, I don't think it's too late now. I think, like I said, if he's, sitting on somebody's bench because they have Kittle or Hawkinson or Kelsey, you, you might want to go sniff around and see what you can do. So where, where do you think uh, Janu could, could end the season? Do you think he's he's a top five tight end? Yeah, at this, at this rate, I think he could be. Because uh, usually if you catch eight or nine touchdowns as a tight end, it, that, it almost ensures that you're going to be inside the top ten. Um, and then if they just get about 40 yards per game and – and somewhere around 800 total yards that that'll make them top five. And I think he's uh, definitely past that average for uh, touchdowns. I think eight is easily within limit. Um, and then 
those receptions per game, I think he, he's probably going to have a lot of those big chunk plays. So I, I think he's easily going to get over 800 yards. Yeah, I, I don't have the, the metrics in front of me, but um, from that, from that, just that that lone catch that I saw on Monday Night Football, I didn't I didn't watch any of the highlights of uh, of Week Two for the Titans yet. I, I, I saw that it was a, a shootout with with the Jaguars, but um, he he definitely looks like he's one of the most explosive tight ends out of, on the field that that I've seen play this year. So um, on the uh, the topic of of tight ends, I'm kind of jumping down the show sheet a little bit, but we got to go all the way back to. The first game of the week, Thursday night football between the Bengals and the Browns. Uh, we saw C.J. Uzama get a nice touchdown in the first half. And then, unfortunately, in the start of the fourth quarter, he uh, tore his ACL and he's going to be shut down for the year. So the uh, tight end to come in for the game was the rookie, Drew Sample. Ended the game with 7 of 10 targets for 45 yards. Is Drew Sample the real deal or would you stay away from him no he's he's a trap um i i think that um joe burrow is he's coming in and he's spreading the ball um i expect mixon to be a little bit more involved not just in the pass game but the running game a little bit more neutral uh game scripts in their in their future and i i think that sample came in and he just happened to be open on those routes Um, but t higgins is developing i think aj brown had about half a dozen passes that were just about six inches out of his uh, grasp. So I think he's going to come down with a higher catch percentage. Um, And then they've still got Boyd and they've got a handful of other um, practice squad wide receivers that they've, they've brought up. So uh, no, I I don't expect a lot um, from Drew Sample. Yeah. I I don't know what the the percentage of of the the game that that the Browns were, were blitzing. Uh, but it, it kind of seems like he get, he almost got the Kyler Murray treatment of, of being the, the rookie quarterback last year where the uh, the defense was, was spending a majority of the game blitzing him. Or, or maybe the Bengals' offensive line is that bad. But it didn't look like he had, he had a ton of time to um, kind of uh, wait for plays to develop down the field. So he was, he was checking it down to the tight end a lot. So uh, I guess this, this isn't very helpful, but I'm, I'm kind of indifferent about, about Drew Sample right now. Actually, when I typed his name, into my notes on my phone i typed in drew sample and my phone autocorrected to free sample so i feel like that was almost uh kind of uh, a, a little little hint to to myself that, that maybe i should just take take one little sample of them and, and not pick them up in, in every dynasty league so um i definitely am still uh preferring dalton schultz over drew sample if you need a, a tight end but who knows maybe um he does develop that that connection with joe burrow yeah well, do you got any other uh, things you want to wrap up before we get out of here? Um, so in, in deeper dynasty leagues, uh, two players that I, I do want to point out that if you have room on your bench, then uh, you should be either adding uh, Nick Mullins, the quarterback for the 49ers, the, the backup, I should say, and also uh, Case Keenum, the backup quarterback for, for the Browns. Uh, so the 49ers might be downplaying the, this uh, Garoppolo injury and the leash on Baker Mayfield might be shorter than some people might think after a game that he didn't have to do much because the Browns running game couldn't be stopped. So um, I, I know they spent that first round, that first overall pick on Baker, but he did not look very good against a, a good Baltimore defense. They barely escaped that Thursday night football game against a Bengals team that is not very good on defense and 
going against uh, a rookie quarterback that hasn't developed a lot of chemistry. So I don't expect the Browns to be winning a lot more games, which I think would be more turnovers by Baker. And uh, that, uh, that contract that they gave Case Keenum uh, was, wasn't just peanuts. So I, th- I think uh, if, if he ends up making some, uh, some more uh, poor decisions and throwing interceptions, they, they might throw a case in there and see if they have him, see what they have in him before the end of the year. And uh, Nick Mullins, he was productive when he, when he had to start two years ago when Garoppolo had that injury. And uh, the, their team's supposedly offering a second-round pick to the 49ers for Nick Mullins. And uh, Kyle Shanahan did not want to trade him. So um, if, if Garoppolo is still hurt and they need to rest him for a couple more weeks, then I, I could see Nick Mullins um, get him the start. So in uh, Superflex, or two quarterback leagues. I think these are two guys that you should be stashing on your bench. Yeah. Uh, are you uh, considering any fab amounts for either of those guys? Case, you can probably pick up for free if he's out there. What about, yeah, what about I, Mullins if you're in a pinch or if you're the Garoppolo owner? Um, so if you're the Garoppolo owner, I think you definitely should be putting down um, at least a dollar or two um, to make sure that you have a uh, second quarterback um, in, in Superflex. And then um, for, for Case Keenum, yeah, you probably only need to put, put a dollar or two down. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think one of these guys um, will have the, the opportunity to uh, show what they have. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the last player that I wanted to talk about, um, so I uh, I kind of jumped ahead of the, the show sheet uh, at at the beginning of the show, and uh, there, there's been uh, some of the fans that have asked me what what is it about the show uh, that makes the Super Duper Flex shows different from any other fantasy podcast, and I think one of the things that I like to point out is that we can admit when, when we're wrong about a player, and after last week's game. Um, I will admit that I was wrong about Darren Waller. Yes, the Raiders added a ton more weapons, and Derek Carr is not an elite quarterback. Both Waller's size and speed combination, he has proven to, to me that he is more than a, a one-year wonder. The, the uh, Monday Night Football game last night, uh, Waller caught 12 of 16 targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. And uh, you, could, you could tell that... Um, the uh, the Saints were, were trying to lock down on, on Waller, but he was he was still getting free. So I I thought Waller was a sell, but um, I think the the people that that see him as as being a, a top ten or or even a top five tight end in fantasy, he's got a good connection with with Derek Carr. So this is this is definitely a player that that I was wrong about. So you have any any feelings about Darren Waller tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think he's close to that top five if he's not in the top five. So he's somebody that I traded away in in package deals where I I uh, got back like a Hunter Henry or, or somebody like that. Uh, but I think Waller's the the number one, similar how Kittle's the number one for the 49ers. So I think he's he's got a really safe floor. And if you've got him, uh, obviously he's a one, so he's somebody that you want to play. But he's going to give you those uh, week winning weeks. So. Uh, might be a little late to the party on that or late to the show. But, um, yeah, if you've got somebody like Johnny Smith who just went off, and if, uh, if, if the Waller guy isn't as impressed as, uh, as some people are, it, go see if that's a guy that you can go get because clearly their plan does not involve throwing deep to rugs. Yep, and, and uh, even when they have been throwing deep to rugs, I, I, I think this is a guy you and I both weren't, weren't too high on, but... 
I just, I just, I just don't see him as, uh, as being a wide receiver one. So it seems like he's more of a decoy. And, uh, I, I know we thought that, uh, there'd be a lot more targets to Josh Jacobs and Brian Edwards, um, Hunter Renfro and, and, uh, the list goes on. But, um, as we saw last night, even in a game where, where Josh Jacobs got a lot of carries Waller still had 16 targets. So double digit targets for, for Waller each week is probably a, a realistic expectation. So, um, I, I apologize, Mr. Waller. I know you, uh, you listen to the show and you've, uh, you've let me know how disappointed I've, I've let, um, I've let you down. Um, so, so hopefully we can just put that behind us and, uh, I'll become your, your biggest fan here. Yeah. Well, speaking of fans, so we got something for our fans. We're doing a giveaway this week, uh, Thursday night football. We got the dolphins and the Jags. So just send Tom or I a message before the game and just let us know who you think is going to get that first touchdown. Um, if you think it's Fitzpatrick or Minshew, if you think they're going to run the ball in, um, let us know that. Um, it, man, if, if Fitzpatrick uh, runs the ball in, then I think uh, I think the Jakes are going to be in for a long night. Um, but otherwise, let us know who else you think is going to run the ball in or, or catch the, the touchdown. We're giving away those high-low gummies. Uh, and you can decide if you need some energy. We can get you the pre-workout ones. Otherwise, we've got the sleep assistance ones as well. So, well, Tom, thanks for joining the show late tonight. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. I think we, uh, we covered everything. So until next week, keep it flexy.